Hello, everyone. Welcome back uh, to Capes and Japes once again. Uh, today, we are coming at you with uh, one host with a partially working voice. Haha. One one host with only one functioning ear. So. Oh, good. And you know, I think I think that I think that should be enough. I think that uh, it should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. For uh for today, we're uh swinging on back to DC swinging. Haha, ha. we talked about a bunch of Spider-Man people. <laughs> but we are uh going back to DC and before uh the last DC character we talked about was uh Morpheus, the Sandman. Uh and then we did that great uh fun joke where we talked about Morpheus Sandman, and then we talked about the Spider-Man villain Sandman. It was very funny, and everybody loved it. Um, <laughs> but Morpheus is is sort of a, a little bit of a weird magic guy. Um, so let's talk about another kind of uh, one of DC's weird magic fellas, Etrigan the Demon. <laughs> um, just, he's just... A strange little guy. Um, I love how it's Etrigan the demon, as if to differentiate him from all the other Etrigans. <laughs> it's so his original comic was called The Demon, and his name is Etrigan. And the demon makes it sound like the demon is like his superhero name, but it's not. He's just a demon. So. He just gets consistently referred to as Etrigan the Demon, even though there is only the one Etrigan, and everybody knows Hi. who he is. I'm Briar the Human. <laughs> this is important information for you. This is a, an important fact about me. My name and what species I am. Um, Etrigan is uh, notable... Because he is one, I mean, he's he's notable for multiple things, but he, uh, part of the reason he's kind of endured as a character is because he is, uh, one of Jack Kirby's creations for DC. Um, and... It's not, so it's, it's not because he speaks in rhyme? Well, I think that, that definitely does appeal to people. But I, I think, you know, part of the reason why people want to keep including Etrigan and stuff is because um, they love Jack Kirby so much. He's, he's not... Um, he's a, notably a Jack Kirby character in that he is a weird little guy. Um, Jack Kirby loves to just make weird, weird guys. But he is... was not exactly like a passion project for our good friend Mr. Kirby. Uh he was created uh after he um Jack Kirby did all of his fourth world stuff uh for DC, all of like the New Gods, Apocalypse, uh Dark Side, all of that stuff. And uh apparently DC asked him to do a horror character because um, horror had been doing pretty well. This was like the early 70s. 
they asked him to do kind of a horror-themed character, and he agreed to it even though it wasn't a particular interest of his. This is, um, according, uh, to, uh, Mark Avanier, who, uh, was a comic book writer who kind of, uh, compiled some of, like, Jack Kirby's Etrigan stuff. And apparently the Etrigan comic sold really well, and DC was like, okay, uh, do more of this instead of the weird cosmic stuff. People like this. Um... How Which sad you... that must have been for our good friend Jack Kirby. <laughs> it uh d- seems like it was probably pretty rough. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. But um Etrigan did so the original Etrigan series was um 16 issues. Uh and then since then he's had like a couple additional like kind of self-titled series and he uh he also started to make an appearance in like other uh dc comics most in terms of mainstream stuff like uh most prominently uh in batman but he's also uh made a lot of appearances in uh you know, he's shown up in, uh, Sandman, and, like, Swamp Thing, and, uh, Hellblazer, and, like, sort of the, you know, outside the mainstream kind of magic-y DC stuff. This is sort of his vibe. <laughs> um, so, the, uh, story behind, uh, our good friend Etrigan as written by our good friend Jack Kirby, is that he is the son of a demon named uh, Belial, uh, which I am personally very attached to as a demon name because it is a demon antagonist in one of our D&D campaigns. So it's just like, hey, I know that guy. Oh, hey, my good friend Belial. My good pal Belial. Um, he is, uh, the son of Belial and another, uh, demon called the Serpent Queen, uh, Ron Vadath. Um, and, uh, <laughs> he was, uh, sort of, a kind of a handful, young Etrigan, uh, even for a demon, like <laughs> apparently to the point where uh, Lucifer was like, "Belial, get your son under control." <laughs> Belial was like, "I can't. He loves chaos too much. He loves chaos and and torture and demon stuff." Um, he like pulls like a demon prank on Belial where he like tricks him into, like, falling in love with, like, a goat spirit, um, and- A goat? What? Did you say a goat? A a goat. G-O-A-T. Yeah. Yeah. How do you trick someone into falling in love with a goat, if it's spirit or not? You do- you do magic to make the goat not look like a goat? Okay. 
I guess. Yeah, you do de- you do demon magic. Um, it's uh, you know, just just hashtag little etrigan things. Um, and uh, Belial's like, okay, uh, enough is enough, and he travels to Earth to like the mortal realm. Um, and has a child with a uh mortal woman. With the intention of being like, all right, well, this half-demon child will have, like, enough magical power uh, from being half-demon that he will be able to eventually use his magic to control Etrigan. And that half-demon son was Merlin. (laughs) (laughs) from Arthurian legend. They're they're really taking some liberties with Arthurian legend, huh? Nope, that's uh that's canon. That's definitely canon for sure. I don't know what you're talking about. Merlin is a <laughs> is a half demon man who who was who was part of a grand plan by his demon father to help control his demon half brother. Um, can you imagine, like, finding out that you, you ask your dad, like, hey, why did you decide to, you know, have another child? And your dad's like, oh, I was hoping that you would be able to control your brother. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, uh, how does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. And it's not good parenting, but he is a demon. <laughs> I, I think demons could be good parents if they tried hard and believed in themselves. That's that's true. I don't want to stereotype. <laughs> I think part of the issue is a lot... Most demons seem to not be interested in trying hard at being good parents. Um, they seem to mostly be interested in um, doing evil things. <laughs> so uh, Merlin, um, at some point, uses his magic... To summon Etrigan to um, uh, protect Camelot to fight against Mor- Morgane Le Fay. It is M O R G A I N E. It still seems to be the same character as Morgan Le Fay. I don't know why they ch- changed her name very slightly, because Merlin is still Merlin. I feel like you could just still call her Morgan Le Fay if you were taking this many liberties with Merlin already. Who knows? Maybe there's some weird copyright. Maybe there's a very, very strange and specific copyright. Um, I, you know, I shouldn't put that past. There's a lot of very strange copyrights out there. Um, Morgane ends up being like, uh kind of a recurring uh antagonist especially for like the original Jack Kirby series but uh Merlin summons Etrigan to try and fight her cannot get Etrigan to do what he says and also can't really get any useful information from him so uh instead he binds Etrigan to a uh a man named Jason Blood. Um, so I, b- 
believe in the um the Kirby series, it's like uh Jace- Jason is like a knight in King Arthur's court and I think in like later ser- like in the 1990 series, he's like just a just a guy, like a peasant. And I think also in the 1990 series, they do like a, um, they, uh, have a whole thing where it's like, oh, he like, he binds this man to Etrigan and then like, uh, Etrigan like, uh, basically, uh, like, it kills this man's whole village and they run away. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think that was part of, of the, 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 Kirby storyline. I think the Kirby storyline was sort of less specific and just sort of like Merlin bound this man to a demon and now they're immortal. Whoa. But uh the two of them kind of uh working together. Um so there's basically like at least at first it's like only one of them can be present at a time. Um, so Jason can say this incantation to basically summon Etrigan in his place. And then uh, afterwards, Etrigan can say something to like switch them back. And then they go through like different, they go through a lot of cycles um, of uh, one, how okay with this arrangement they both are. Um where does Jason go? I do, I don't I I'm not, Is it a one-to-one swap? I Etrigan. I'm not sure. Um, Etrigan just hanging out in hell on his couch. On his Jason couch. Blood says says some words and then Etrigan's like, "Oh, jeez, my soaps." <laughs> Jason's like, "Oh, he was watching Days of Our Lives again." Oh, Days I of Our Hell Lives. I keep poofing him away at the end of the episode. He really has to tell me when he's going to watch them. Because <laughs> he has them all DVR'd. Um, just I ha- in case. Just in case. Just in case this exact thing happens. Let me just pause this and then, you know, he'll get back to it when he comes back. Yeah. I I had sort of a hard time figuring out the, like technical specifics of this at any given moment because it does seem to change a lot and also like I think different writers have handled it differently like there's definitely at least some point where like Etrigan is just like wandering around hell whenever Jason is asleep but then when Jason wakes up he has to go like be in Jason's mind maybe um so it's like very <laughs> I don't I don't fully understand what's going on, but I also think a lot of the writers maybe didn't um understand what was going on and just made up a different thing that was going on <laughs> every time. Um in the 1990 series they like go into more like oh Etrigan like uh basically like wandered around like uh sowing chaos and then like Jason was able to sort of reap the rewards from it um and then I think that one uh 
that sort of uh, ends at some point with basically um, Etrigan erasing Jason's memory because um, it's like they like get involved in like World War One and Etrigan summons like a demon army to like fight in World War One and uh. Jason gets traumatized from seeing all of the demon carnage and uh, Etrigan tries to help him out and then accidentally erases all of his memories. Whoops. Whoops-a-daisy. And uh, then he uh, goes about his life for a while, does not know there is a uh, demon (laughs) bound to him until he... uh, um, until he discovers this spooky poem, uh, in Merlin's crypt, um... And, and like any good horror movie, he reads it out loud to himself. Yes, as as with any, uh, protagonist in some sort of occult fiction, he sees a spooky poem and goes, I gotta say this out loud immediately. <laughs> There's nothing else to be done. Simply, I must read this out loud. <laughs> so, uh, he resummons Etrigan, uh, rediscovers his connection to Etrigan, um, ends up fighting Morgane Le Fay again, uh, shortly after, um, and, uh, is is sort of just has to deal with this. Uh, so Etrigan is, I'm sure that there will be a picture of him, obviously, for, like, the episode image. But he's kind of, like, he's got, like, yellow, kind of, like, uh, sort of, like, scaly skin and these, uh, like, fins that make him look a little bit like some kind of fish monster. Um, different artists have drawn him, like, different levels of kind of inhuman, basically. Um, he's a powerful, uh, magic user. Um, he has super strength. Uh, he's, you know, somewhat, uh, invulnerable. He can breathe fire. He, uh, does, like... All of the general, like, superhero, like, strength, agility, like, uh, endurance stuff. And then he, uh, can also do magic. Um, and, uh, also he's not really afraid of getting hurt to begin with because he's a demon. So people, like, stab him and he's like, this feels good, actually. I'm, I'm a demon. I'm a fucked up little guy. (laughs) (laughs) You can't kill me in a way that matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, the rhyming thing, um, for those who don't know, Etrigan usually, uh, speaks in rhyme. Um, not... Unless the writer's a coward. Unless the writer is a coward who refuses. I think, I think a lot of writers, like, enjoy it, um... It's a fun little exercise. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun little game, and it's fun to have, you know, 
uh, a weird, uh, weird little man in there who's just speaking in his silly little rhymes. Um, there's a, um, it's not initially part, um, of, like, his introduction, um, but he does, uh, start speaking in rhyme not long after, and there's a lot of, in, like, <laughs> almost every incarnation, it's some sort, like, it's not a thing specific to Etrigan. It's, like, there are specific, it's either, like, there's a specific type of demon called a rhyming demon, and that's the kind that Etrigan is, or it's, like, oh, it's, like, there's a rank in hell <laughs> called rhyming demons, and he gets demon promoted. If you get promoted, you have to start rhyming. <laughs> God, if oh, I I do sort of wish real world jobs work that way because I think it would be pretty entertaining. But uh, most of the time, it's uh, shown as like some sort of like class of demon thing, which is very funny. <laughs> um, I find it very funny. Um, I think it would be funnier if it's just something that Etrigan decided to do. It would- that would also, that would also be funny if he was just like, like, I'm a shitty teen demon. Figure it out. This is my thing now. I I wanted to have a thing, and my thing is speaking in weird rhymes. Um, now you all have to deal with that. It's just it's like good because they they have introduced other demons who don't speak in rhyme, so they can't say it's like a demon thing. So they have to either be like, this is a weird guy, or some demons are like this. Um, I mean, you gotta go full Mr. Bones. He's just a weird guy. He likes to rhyme. It's fun. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bones. How do you think it would go if Mr. Bones and Etrigan got stuck in a room together? I think it would be genuinely delightful. Um... The two of them um, have a uh, run-in uh, with Clarion the Witch Boy. Um, I'm sure that goes well. Yeah, it goes great for everybody. Um, <laughs> this is actually... Um, Clarion the Witch Boy is actually introduced in um, Etrigan's initial series to be sort of uh, his, like arch nemesis uh because he tricks them into like um he like asks like etrigan and jason for uh like protection because like oh the other witches have like turned against me and then he like tries uh tries to like bind etrigan to him so he can control him and uh it doesn't it doesn't work and then he like ends up kind of like declaring uh revenge on him um i <laughs> i looked i looked up um the wikipedia page for clarion while i was um researching this and the image of him is like as uh he's uh drawn by jack kirby when he first appeared in the etrigan series and it's just so, like, he's, 
<laughs> I'm kind of fond of Clarion. He's always kind of dumb looking. He. <laughs> I think he I'm looks... looking at the same image. <laughs> he looks really silly. Incredible. Beautiful. We should do. We should do a Clarion episode. We should do. We should do Clarion. I love this horrible little goth. <laughs> <laughs> horrible little evil teen goth um god jason um has a uh a few mortal friends um he has sort of a uh recurring love interest named glenda mark who like kind of helps him out uh, on several occasions, she knows or finds out about, uh, the fact that he is soulbound to a demon. And, uh, a couple other friends, one of them, I think, gets killed by, uh, Belial at some point, and then in, like, like, the 1990 reboot series, they just ignore that, and he's just back. So, it's fine. Um... So, uh, after the, um, after the end of the Kirby series, um, they, uh, show up a few times, um, they're sort of, uh, they end up helping Batman. One of the, (laughs) one of the things about Etrigan is, like, I guess he's, like, sort of an anti-hero, technically. He doesn't really care about doing good or evil, but he just sort of constantly gets, like, roped into doing good, and he's just like, okay. Yeah, I guess. I'm oh, here. I guess. I'll help Batman save the city, but I will say some silly little rhymes while I do it. So, watch out. I think he's out. probably just bored. He's just bored uh, yeah. in hell. You know, it's... <laughs> he's got... He's... He... Lives forever. He ran out of cool stuff to do in hell. Um, so he might as well, you know, help Batman, uh, save, save Gotham. He sa- <laughs> At one point, an evil wizard turns Batman into an actual bat, and Etrigan <laughs> helps turn him back into a man. Good. Also, I do love an evil wizard being like, oh, you're going to pretend to be a bat? Ha ha. I'll show you, Pretend no longer. Um, God. Does a little spell where I write Batman on a piece of paper and then I erase the man and suddenly (laughs) he is just a bat. Could have gone the other way. I could have erased the bat and then he would just be a man and that, I think he would find worse. (laughs) This is the kinder option. Yeah. You're welcome. In uh, 1987, there's like a four-issue miniseries uh, that culminates with uh, Etrigan sort of uh, tricking uh, Jason and Glenda into basically undoing the spell that uh, binds Jason and Etrigan together. And then uh, he's like, all right, I'm finally free of being uh, tied to this mortal man. And then uh, almost immediately after, in a crossover event called Cosmic Odyssey, I think drawn by Mike Mignola, which is uh, whack, um, 
they both like uh lose their immortality when they're not bound to each other and uh dark side like binds them to like captures them and like binds them together again for like some reason that it's going to help him like find the anti-life equation um who who knows who knows I I I don't understand anything Darkseid does or chooses to do. Um does anybody? No, absolutely not. Um and then I think after this they start doing it where instead of uh like Etrigan like appearing in Jason's place, it's like Jason summons him and then Etrigan's there and Jason is also there. So they're just they're just two two guys. Um another thing about Etrigan, he does um he does eat s- stuff a lot. Like he does like sometimes they'll they, you know, they kill a monster and then he eats the monster. I mean, um, you might as well. Yeah, you know, sort sort of like a a a venom situation. Um sometimes he threatens to eat things or people and Jason's like no stop it um so basically they took they took uh Etrigan and Jason and were like what if more like Venom what if what if Venom what if Venom this what if we Venomed them um he fights Lobo at some point um I'm I'm not really that surprised they feel like they would fight truly thinking about it it's like yeah that uh that tracks um at uh he you know has some more run-ins uh with clarion he um at some point like he takes over hell um partly by like uh convincing his dad to like uh he's like oh we can rule hell together and then he backstabs him which like what do you expect? You're demons. You're all demons. Um, he, there's also, um, in the 1990 series, there's like an arc where, um, he get, there's a, um, the, the Republican party tries to find a candidate to run for president and they make this computer and they feed it the characteristics of the perfect conservative political candidate and it it comes out with Etrigan so they so they have him run for president he wasn't born in the United States he wasn't at all That's that's the first thing um he's not a citizen I don't think he can run I don't think he can I'm run. I'm sure he's he is over the age of thirty-five. So yeah, significantly. He's good on that one. But I'm pretty sure you have to be a US citizen. I don't know if Jason's even a US citizen. He's from England. I mean, he lived in the US for a long time, so maybe. Um He <laughs> He also he tries to get Superman to endorse him and Superman says no. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Superman's like, yeah, I, I cannot, I cannot in good conscience support this. Superman's like, I, 
I'm a leftist, actually, is the problem. The problem is, I, I mean, yeah. I, I will not be supporting any Republican candidate, but I also, I don't, I don't think you are a good choice. Um, I wonder how the uh, conservative Christian fan base felt about that. I, I said say- fan base. I mean, the, you know, of the, the, the section of the GOP. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, you know, the conservative fan base of Etrigan the Demon. Yeah, you know, all of those... <laughs> all of those religious fundamentalists who love to watch this demon <laughs> fight monsters. Do you think um, that the... Also, I love how the... How the Republicans are like, computer, give us a perfect candidate. And then the Republicans are just like, well, all right. <laughs> I, we're not even gonna guess about the optics of this. We're just gonna go with this demon. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're committed. We're committed to uh, the demon candidate. Sounds great. Um, he uh, shows up. There's one story where he's working as a mall Santa. Um, yeah, it's fine. This this is like sometimes he just shows up in extremely random places to be weird. I feel like writers are just having fun. Yeah, just fun with this uh this weird this weird little guy. Um he's in uh Brightest Day and Blackest Night. Uh he I think like uh helps uh fight the Black Lanterns. He um is also in uh, the New 52. They, like, changed a lot of the backstory, obviously. Um, he's in uh, a series called, I think, Demon Knights, with a K, that um, features, like, him and a um, few other, like, magic characters, and it's largely based in sort of medieval times. But they, uh, it has, um, Jason being, uh, romantically involved with, uh, Madame Xanadu, who's, like, a, uh, sort of witch fortune teller type character, um, who was, like, originally created as sort of, like, the host character for, like, a horror anthology comic, but, uh... When, uh, Jason is initially bound to Etrigan, she, like, comes with them, um, and tries to help Jason sort of figure this, uh, out. (laughs) This whole situation. Um, he, uh, briefly appears also in, like, Stormwatch, which is, uh, wild. Um... I think currently he he's he's appeared like a a couple times uh more recently but I'm not I'm not sure if he's done anything really major in rebirth besides just uh saying just kind of showing up when you know magic sort of stuff is involved and speaking in some rhymes um there's apparently in uh uh what's it called the 
recent sort of Batman Damned, um, which is a um the the Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo uh series from like 2018 that was like uh one of the first like DC black label titles and it's like ooh it's about Batman investigating like spooky underground like paranormal stuff in Gotham um and he teams up with uh John Constantine and Etrigan is in it and he's like an underground rapper Etrigan what are you doing I mean yeah. I guess it's because he rhymes no, yeah, he but... rhymes. So I guess that's the thing. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know why they took that angle. If you've read Batman Damned, tell me if that's as weird as it sounds to read about. Because maybe in the comic, it's like, oh no, it's like it's totally it makes perfect sense. Um, but reading that sentence, I was like, what is happening? Um, but, uh, I do, I, I do love, I love that he rhymes. I love that he's a weird, a weird dude. Um, I love, honestly, that a lot of writers seem not to really know what to do with him. So they're just like, kind of like, here's a, here's a, a strange rhyming man. Um, a strange, scary looking rhyming man. Good luck. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, did you have, uh, anything to add and or any comics? No, I was gonna read Something is Killing the Children, um, before recording today, but then my nephew wanted to play Spider-Man, which is just <laughs> where he chases me around the house going thwip thwip, and then I pretend to be stuck to whatever's closest to me. <laughs> um, and then I had an argument with him about Wolverine being a bad guy. Yes, <laughs> of course. I went, I went like to slash the webs to get myself free, and he's like, "You can't be Venom," and I'm like, "I'm not Venom. I'm Wolverine." Snick, snick. And he's like, "What?" <laughs> and that, like, he didn't. I had to tell him who Wolverine was, and he's like, "He can't do that." I'm like, "He can." He has oh claws gosh. and he slashes with them. And he's like, no, he doesn't. And I'm like, I, I turn to my sister. I'm like, what does Wolverine do? And she's like, he slashes. And I'm like, with? With his claws. And I'm like, see? Bash is like, mm, but he's a bad guy. And I'm like, he, no, no, he's on the Avengers. And he's like, no, he's just a bad guy. Oh, my God. Um, so I, I, instead of reading comics, I argued with my nephew about Wolverine and his morality. <laughs> Honestly, a valid use of time. You did obtain many comics, I saw. I did purchase comics, um, yes. of which was the aforementioned Something is Killing the Children. Yes. Um, I also, um... I went and I got um, the Superman Robin special, uh, which I also got for you, but then you were able to obtain it on your own, thankfully. It, the variant cover I wanted was literally the last copy of the issue there, and I, <laughs> I was like, oh, the gods have smiled upon me on this day. 
<laughs> um, I did read it. Uh, it it was it was very cute. Uh, it was charming. There was like some stuff I. There's like no real way to talk about the John went to space and aged up like five years. That is not weird. Um, but I like it's nice. I like to see them. I'm constantly a little bit sad um, about the age difference between them now, but I like the the number of writers that are dedicated to still showing them as friends. Um, also, some uh, some stuff happened. Finally, there was a freaking Monday Comics announcement that happened in time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to talk about it on the podcast. Um, so, uh, Tom King launched his new, uh, creator-owned, uh, project with, um, Elsa Charretier, Charretier, um, I've been saying Charretier, she is French, but it's entirely possible that it's, uh, pronounced differently, but, um, the two of them are doing a, uh, comic via Substack called Love Everlasting that's kind of a uh meta take on like romance comics where uh it's like a woman who is like trapped in romance comics um like living through them uh trying to trying to figure it out it seems to be um which i think is a very cool concept um i also really like elsa's art um so the comic is coming out i think monthly free on substack and then there will be paid tiers where you can get kind of like behind the scenes stuff um which is cool. I think I think is is sort of a cool way to do it. I was a little bit bummed. Uh, what? Not that like I do not hold anything against the number of comics creators who are like charging for their stuff on Substack because I think that they should all get paid. But yeah, I can't afford to subscribe to all of them. So when he yeah. like, posted it on Substack, I was a little bit like, oh no. But then. Uh, he said that the comic would be free. So that's super exciting. The first issue actually dropped today as we're recording this. Like, they announced it and were like, here's the first issue. Um, I didn't get the chance to read it because it, they, uh, announced it while I was at work. And then I came home and we immediately did this. But I probably will read it later tonight. Um, uh, me too, because this is the first I'm actually hearing about it, and I did go and subscribe immediately. <laughs> Perfect. Wonderful. Um, also, uh, tomorrow, I think, is the, um, release date for, uh, Kendra Wells, um, Real Hero Shit. Or I guess today, when this is coming out, if you're listening to it, um, is the release date uh, for Kendra Wells' r real hero shit. Uh, Kendra Wells, uh, known as, on Twitter and Tumblr as, uh, Kendra Kendra, 
um, sort of known for a lot of uh, extremely cute little comics. Also the character designer for Dimension 20's The Unsleeping City. Um, I did uh, support this on Kickstarter when it was first announced. Same. Because <laughs> I extremely love their art. Um, it's it, sort like kind of a uh, semi-satirical, like traditional fantasy thing. Um, it looks very fun. I'm extremely excited. Um, but yeah, that uh, is out now. If you're listening to this, you 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 can get it, and uh, hopefully in in the near future, I will uh have it and will have read it and can talk about it. But uh, yeah, there's there's that. So comics, baby. Um, if you want to keep up with us, um, and when we post episodes, you can find us online on Twitter. Tumblr, uh, Instagram, and Facebook, just at Capes and Japes. Um, you can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com uh, if you want to ask or recommend us anything there. Uh, we have a Discord server, which uh, anyone is more than welcome to join. Um, it's a very fun place to hang out. Um, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us on there, you can get bonus content, uh, watch stuff, help us pick what we talk about. Um, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you want to help out the show, uh, you can leave a rating and or a review for it, and, uh, we will give you a shout out on an episode when we see it. Um, tell a friend about the show if you think they would enjoy it. And just just coming back, just coming back and and listening, uh, as you have done once again. So thank you for joining us for today's episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. I sort of hoped you would do a rhyme, but then I was like, I was I trying to, to think, think of, of one. <laughs> I was trying to think of one, and I did not get it in time. Um. Yeah. It turns out it is. It is pretty hard. Yep.